Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. This week, we have the second part of our two-part interview with Mr. Roy Snell, uh, the now just former past CEO of the Society for Corporate Compliance and Ethics, as well as the HCCA. Uh, Roy, uh, as I said last week, really needs no introduction in this space. Uh, If you don't know Roy or you haven't heard Roy speak in the past, uh, I'm glad that you will have the opportunity to hear this interview, uh, and you should look back. We uh, actually, our very first episode, um, uh, actually, um, I think this is our 100th episode. So 100 episodes ago, or actually our second episode, because our first episode was an introduction, was an interview with Roy Snell. Um, so we kind of come full, full circle here in uh, the two years that we've been doing this podcast, and uh, we are talking to Roy again um, as he is uh, transitioning out of his role as CEO of the SCCE. Uh, last week, we talked a lot about the past. We talked about the histor- history of the profession over the last uh, two decades, uh, the history of the SCCE that's grown along with the profession and changed along with the profession. Uh, had a really interesting uh, discussion from Roy's perspective uh, about that. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to talk more about the present of our profession and compliance in general. And, and then talk a little bit about the future. Um, I think Roy's uh, perspective on both what's going on now uh, and what uh, we can expect in the future is uh, salient and interesting. Um, I hope you find it to be the same. If you haven't listened to part one of the interview uh, that was uh, the back end of our podcast last week, I encourage you to uh, go back and listen to that. Um, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please do. Uh, We are always looking for people uh, to subscribe to our podcast uh, and also looking for people to uh, give us comments back um, and let us know what you want to hear about. Uh, Next week, I'm preparing a podcast actually that's based on a request that I got from a Compliance Beat listener. Uh, You can go to compliancebeat.com, moreheadconsulting.com, uh, you can email me directly at eric at moreheadconsulting.com. If you have uh, suggestions for future podcasts, I do listen to those suggestions, and I do very often end up putting together a podcast such as the one next week, which is going to be about uh, more specific information on developing manager toolkits or manager communication materials. And that was a very specific request, and I'm going to uh, 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 fulfill that uh, request uh, next week for the podcast. So tune in for that if you're interested in that topic. But right now, um, uh, again, a man who needs no introduction, uh, uh, Roy Snell, uh, the just former past CEO of SCCE and last half of our two-part conversation. We talked a lot about the past. I want to talk a little bit about the present and what you see now because you have a uh, vision on a lot of things that have happened over the last uh, few years. Um, I, you know, we're here in the United States and, and, and a lot of what goes, a lot of the discussion that goes on here in the United States about culture can't help but be infected, uh, or I say infected, I, I meant affected, but infected is probably yes, right. Yeah, I think I agree. <laughs> by, by the course, uh, coarseness of our general cultural and political discourse and the tone from the top of leaders, not only 
political leaders, but leaders uh, throughout the or organizations. If you had to give uh, a, again a part, sort of a parting piece of advice for our compliance professionals today, of how to sort of keep what they need to keep in mind and how to keep their eye on the ball, uh, how, you know, what's what's what are some pearls of wisdoms from Roy Snell on uh, well, you know uh, keeping keeping our eye on the ball right now? I'm gonna I'm gonna come at this from a couple of different angles. One is is that my best piece of advice to compliance professionals is forget about politics. Um, uh, it's just another one of the distractions that distracted the people who came before us that were so distracted and created so many epic issues that a whole new profession was created, our profession, to prevent, find, and fix problems that probably others should have been finding and preventing. Uh, politics I, I see, here's, here's another way to explain it. I see a few people in our profession thinking because it says compliance and ethics in our, our title, we need to opine or, or analyze every political statement out there or decry unethical uh, uh, things. Uh, ironically, the, the, they'll, they'll, a whole bunch of people say you're unethical if you're for the border. A whole bunch of other people are saying you're unethical if you're against the border. The word ethical is just of little value anymore. It's just an exclamation mark at the end of someone's political or social perspectives. Mm -hmm. we, are to pre we are to prevent, find and fix ethical and regulatory problems in our organizations. We are not to solve the world hunger problems. We are not to solve the border problems. We are not here to straighten out the political folks in DC regardless of how messed up you, anyone thinks it might be, it's not our job. Our job is, it's important to stay focused because our whole yeah. profession was created because those who came before us failed. They, they, they drifted off from preventing, finding, and fixing ethical and regulatory problems. Now, let me come at it from a different, a completely different angle. Um, I have uh, stepped down as CEO. Jerry Zach is now the CEO. I've gone to three-quarter time for 18 months, and I'm going to write a couple of books and, and be an, a strategic advisor to Jerry. Um, one of the books that I've – the first one I'm, I'm almost done with, actually, is The Accidental Compliance Professional, which is about <laughs> – lessons I learned uh, as I stumbled into this profession uh, accidentally. And then uh, one of the books, and I, I don't know as this will be the next one, or the second one of the two I do, but it's possible, is about truth, honest, in, honesty, integrity, and ethics. And um, that I would that it might be a book that would help people with regard to what's going on outside of our world, uh -huh. which is people believe, you know, they, they'll tell you, I am telling you the truth because I have one of 25 available facts that happen to fit my narrative. And then if you looked at all 25 facts, you, you wouldn't come to the same conclusion I, I did. And, and it, it, they call it the truth, and when, what it really is is the, the, the truth is they biasly picked a single fact, maybe not the most important fact, so that they could push their own personal agenda. 
as I mentioned, ethics is almost a valueless word at this point because it means something different to everyone and everyone just uses the, the battle cry of you're unethical to support their political or social agenda. Uh, I think the only word left that really means something to me anyways is integrity. Mm -hmm. It's been very hard for anybody to hijack that, that word. So um, in a way, as much as I've said that I um, believe we ought to leave all this n nonsense to the people in the other professions, uh, as wrong as it is, as terrible as it is, as much as it needs to be fixed, it's not our job. Yeah. How, however, it would be ironic if I ended up writing this book that really would apply not only to the compliance profession, but to anybody that is trying to base decisions on facts and, and good information and understand that, uh, what, what integrity means and truthfulness and fact gathering means. And, uh, but I, it, it just, look, I, I understand it's all screwed up. I understand, <laughs> I tweeted out yesterday, the great irony is we give politicians a whole bunch of money to tell us how, and, and they use it to tell us how terrible politicians are. One of those <laughs> things that's going to be very hard to explain to aliens when they do show up. Um, uh, I, I, I just, I'm sorry, we're not here to solve all the world's problems. Yeah. We're not here to plant trees in, in, in Brazil. We're not here to feed people in other continents. The social responsibility is a totally different job that others have. Uh -huh. If we go off and do all this political and social stuff, we are not going to take care of our own business. And if we don't take care of our own business, we will be replaced like those who came before us who are expected to prevent, find, and fix ethical and regulatory wrongdoing in organizations. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I mean, if I could, you know, my perspective on it too is you've got to uh, balance the, the micro and the macro in your role. And, and uh, it's very easy to get um, off on a tangent on an on a issue uh, that may not uh, be uh, – where you need to focus your resources. Uh, you know, as you know, Roy, one of my hobby horses for many years now has been the uh, laser focus that so many organizations have on anti-corruption, sometimes to the extent of all else that could be compliance yeah. risk related. Uh, and, and you know, some organizations have some very significant anti-corruption, foreign bribery uh, exposure, but others do not. And, you know, it takes up so much oxygen still to this day in our in our space. Uh, and I'm not sure that it's necessarily warranted. I mean, it is there is a huge enforcement of that particular issue, but it's not the only issue. Uh, so I think that a little bit of that is plays in here, where we are easily, as as uh, by our nature, are easily distracted. And uh, let me, Eric, we, we let me ask you a sure. question. This, sure. This would be. Uh, I'm intending to be uh, uh, kind of silly here. Sure. To all the people in our profession who say that we should, uh, and by the way, I should share with you that I've had a few phone calls when I was CEO, when I used to be somebody, and, <laughs> and I was told to uh, 
take our resources and and fight political stupidity or mm-hmm. social problems. And I said, we're going to take our resources and spend them on on helping people pre- learn how to prevent, find, and fix ethical and regulatory problems in their organization. Here would be a flippant way to word it. Where is it in the U.S. sentencing guidelines that we, we should focus on social ills mm-hmm. or political ills? Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't say that. Yeah. It's, it says you, you are to prevent, find, and fix ethical and regulatory problems in your organization using roughly seven elements uh, uh, in, in concert in an unsiloed manner um, to, to be the most effective. Uh, it just drives me crazy. I, you know, uh, focus, focus, focus is so important. And, yeah. uh, and it's hard people, to find. It's hard to find. Well, people, people feel very passionately about their, their something. Yeah. And they want to take all of our resources or they want to take all of their personal time and, or much of it and and say i'm going to dedicate it to this other thing yeah. it's never going to work yeah. if if we become that diluted yeah i mean to, to a great extent like I, I like your your notion of you know focusing on integrity uh more than ethics because as you say ethics you know everybody's ethics it's 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 more of a uh a slight uh sliding scale may not be fair but it's it's more malleable than integrity. Integrity is much more specific. That means, you know, we are uh, going to be operating under these principles and they don't waver. Um, And that uh, I think is much more effective. And I'm, and I'm actually seeing that word show up a lot more uh, in codes of conduct and other written standards and training and communication. And I think that that might be unconsciously uh, because of, of, of the, of the issue that you're speaking to. Um, that's, uh, that's an important thing maybe to keep in mind. Um, the last area I want to talk to, we talked about the history a little bit, which I think is helpful, particularly for those who aren't quite aware about where SCCE came from. Um, and we talked a little bit about the now and the, (laughs) and sort of the confusing, confusing age we live in. Uh, and, but I want to talk a little bit before I, 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 we leave you. Uh, about what you see uh, here in the future for the profession, for the compliance profession. What are, what are, what what are your sort of hopes and dreams for the next ten to twenty years? Well, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to think that it it, it probably is uh, hopes and dreams that I cloak in what I think is logical. Um, yes, sir. Yes, uh, is, is that leadership will? L- let me get, let me put a different spin on it. Let's talk about this internationally. Um, if you were to gather up all the lists, let's say Transparencies International of the world's most ethical to the least ethical countries of the world, and set it next to a list of the country, same countries listed in order of standard of living, they're pretty similar. If you get a list of uh, countries that have the most rules of law and enforce them to the least rule of law and least enforcement, they pretty much mirror the standard of living also yeah. uh, fr- from best to worst. 
it, it, it is base. It's not. It's not rocket science here. It's just: Are you trusted? Do people want to do business with you? Will companies put an office in your country? Uh, will they partner with you? Uh, and these sorts of things. So, uh, the big picture, gigantic future kind of thing I think about quite often is that to participate in the global economy, a company has to be trusted. Uh, to participate in the global economy, a country has to be trusted. And to be trusted, you have to have the rule of law and an enforcement of the rule of law so you could protect people's people and their intellectual property and their assets and these sorts of things. Otherwise, they're not going to show up. Yeah. And uh, if you really want to take control of your destiny as a company in terms of being trusted in the global economy, you, whether you're in a rough country or rough part of the world or not, you can implement a compliance and ethics program and become trusted, more trusted, and do more business in more parts of the world. Uh -huh. So I think that the future uh will be is not only will CEOs soon tie compliance professionals to their hip you know I would suggest they report to the audit committee of the board like internal audit but it doesn't mean they can't and they absolutely must talk to the CEO on a regular basis if they want to integrate this whole thing into the fabric of the whole organization but they're going to tie these folks to their hip and and more importantly, the the board is going to say, we want to do business in as many places as we possibly can. And to do that, we have to be trusted. And to be trusted, the easiest thing to do is try harder, <laughs> you yeah. know, implement a compliance and ethics program. Yeah. And so uh, I I think it's inevitable. This this thing that some of us have been banging away with 20 years in relative obscurity uh, is going to become well known to everyone and is going to be as important to the board and the CEO as HR, legal, um, marketing, uh, sales. They're, they're, we're just so used to <laughs> resistance. We're, yeah. we're 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 just being bombarded by ethicists who tell us everybody's terrible and bad, and it's just not true. These are no. good people for the most part. Yeah, there's some bad apples, but they're gonna figure out that the key, one of the many keys to success, is trust. And there's no better way to gain more trust than a compliance and ethics program and prevent things that destroy trust, such as unethical behavior, millions of bogus bank accounts, sexual abuse, or bribery. And yeah. uh, so I just, I, I'm so, I don't just drink the Kool-Aid, as you know, Eric, I manufacture it. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't be more biased. But I, I also don't think I would be this full of on, you know, crap here to, to to tell you something I don't believe is going to happen. Yeah, I, I tr 
truly believe that this is just as inevitable as the day is long. It's it's going to continue to be important. And I and I'll tell you the the anecdotal stories uh, uh, of our work at SCCE. We have about a dozen conferences outside the U.S. I was just invited to speak in Italy two or three weeks ago. Uh, whether SCCE is involved or not, this thing is happening mm-hmm. everywhere. And and, yep. you, and I'm watching countries like Nigeria or, 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 or the folks in Bosnia, Herzegovina, um, particularly in Sarajevo, are trying to help turn their entire country around. Mm-hmm. Uh, co- corruption, fight corruption with compliance. It's, uh, it's kind of like... Uh, I go to Canada several times a year. Uh, it's pretty remote where I go. There's lots of things that break down and there's no store within 50 miles. And we all have what's called a Leatherman on our hip. It's kind of a a Swiss army knife thing. And, and we jokingly refer to when something breaks as a Leatherman moment. We pull that out and attempt to keep things going using this Leatherman. Uh, uh, the Swiss Army knife is a better uh, metaphor. Is is compliance and ethics programs are the Swiss Army knife um, of business. And uh, it's just a matter of time before everybody figures it out. Think about it. We've had tw- 20 years of staggering growth for a profession that didn't exist 20, 25 years ago. And and now uh, we we just hit twenty thousand members on my last day as CEO, which was kind of fun. Um, that's that's a pretty big dang deal. It's it's growing this much with a lack of understanding. Think about what's going to happen when people actually understand what this is all about. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and 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 I would I, I totally agree when you uh, with your perspective of kind of looking out on the world. I certainly have seen that in my practice where I have uh, a much more interaction with people internationally than I would have ten years ago. And then the other thing that I would say too is it's generational. I the, this as yeah. we're leading up leading up to this election, there's been a lot of carping about uh, millennials not participating. But uh, there were a couple of interesting articles about why they don't participate, and a lot of it is based on the fact that they don't like the options, and they don't. And, and a lot of it is uh, based on their perspectives of what ought, about transparency uh, and what's fair and what's equitable. Uh, they have a sense of uh, uh, of fairness uh, and equity that is not as colored, uh, may I say, as a Gen, Gen X or as a kid of the '90s is not as cynical uh, as, as perhaps older generations. And, and they have a right. I mean, I'm not saying they're not cynical and they have a right to be cynical having grown up primarily (laughs) during, during uh, the, the, the uh, financial collapse and and subsequently. Um, So I think the perspectives of this younger generation um, are also going to fuel uh, the growth and, uh, and the expectation that that business business will be conducted in a certain way, and I think that's I just, a good. I, Eric, I just finished. Uh, finished. Just finished. I don't know. I'm in my thirtieth year of hanging out with millennials. I have four <laughs> daughters. I, I I have I have met a lot of their friends, and I've gone to every gymnasium this side of North Dakota for, for sporting events, and and met 
a less biased group. Obviously, I could be in a biased group, uh, but I, I've watched millennials for many years. These people are fascinating to me. When somebody does or says something racist in front of them, they they just walk away. They shake their heads. They say, how could anybody think this way? They don't chuckle along with the stupid joke or, or join in on it. Yeah. They, they just, they're so against the stuff you just said they're against yeah. that it's a stunning difference to me from any generation that I have ever spent time with. Yeah. And uh, you think about those folks coming up through the ranks and actually, by the way, getting some education in school about what a compliance and ethics program is. Yeah. Think about what we've done. We've gotten to where we are without any education of the employees prior to them meeting us. Someday, every employee is going to get into the workplace with at least one class related to what a compliance and ethics program is. Yeah. And and the, the difference is going to be staggering. And on top of that, you've had this, this, you know, often maligned. It's just so easy to make sweeping negative generalizations about people. And I got to tell you, we, we, we all have our bad habits in every generation. But I'm telling you, these these people that are coming up through the ranks, are going to be far more inclined, as you say, to be uh, supportive of the kind of things that we uh, need help on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And 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 the other thing, too, uh, as we were talking about at the top of this conversation, is this is going to be the first generation of purpose-built compliance officers, uh, right. for the most part. Uh, and and not people that have to kind of overcome uh, the, the 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 baggage of being a lawyer or being an auditor or being an HR professional. There, we're going to have more and more people who uh, set out uh, uh, at school and and early in their career to be compliance officers, and that's a that's a new thing too. That's exactly why uh, the first book I'm writing, which wasn't my idea, we have a new publishing guy who's just a genius, and he looked at what I'd done over the last 20 years of my relationship with this profession. And he said, you should write the story about the accidental compliance professional, the story about how we have kind of all got into this uh, unknowingly. And that although we have some uh, fears and uncertainty and doubt on occasion, we're, we're doing pretty, pretty well, but mm -hmm. you're right. Someday in the not too distant future, we are going to be uh, a profession filled with people who actually have a degree in their profession. <laughs> what a concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's going to be, it's a brave new world. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful about it, although I am a pessimistic uh, Gen Xer, uh, a, 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 a recovering <laughs> slacker. I, 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 I do have a lot of uh, hope for, for the future of the profession and the, and the future of, of businesses that, um, are going to undertake uh, the endeavor of having a effective one, compliance. One, one more comment on sure. on, on, on your uh, another approach I could have taken to your answer about the mess we find ourselves right now in the political insanity. What if compliance programs become a compliance and ethics pro programs become commonplace in in government? 
in yeah. city government, municipal government, federal government, uh, every department of the federal government, it's going to take a while. It's going to yeah. take just as much time it's taken in business to change the way things are done. But if you really want to spin positively, I suggest you ponder the world 30 years from now when and if, and I'm certain it will happen, it's already started, is that government departments have compliance and ethics programs. Yeah. It's what they're doing in Sarajevo. They're trying to mandate compliance programming in all companies, most of which are government owned, to prevent, find, and fix corruption. And it will completely turn their country around if they're successful doing it. And uh, I, I, think, I think it's going to happen. No, I think that's a great observation. And, and we see that, you know, many of, uh, at least at the federal level, many organizations have the investigation piece and the remediation piece on, uh, uh, you know, well at hand. Like I think of our friend Mike Horowitz at uh, yeah. the Department of Justice, who understands compliance. But the front end, the education, the culture, uh, the communication, uh, uh, the sort of uh, uh, indoctrinating compliance and ethics throughout the operation of the organization. That's what's lacking as a former government employee. That's what's lacking uh, at the federal level. And I'm sure um, most states and, and local government agencies too. Well, it's a, it's a byproduct of the U.S. sentencing guidelines, which I know you are all of these, <laughs> yeah. which which were a byproduct of somebody's work somewhere. Somebody had to have helped originally, but the fact of the matter is the first uh, document that we can put our hands on that clearly described the compliance programs were the federal sentencing guidelines. And I know that you were um, uh, a keeper of those, of, of those, uh, you know, the sentencing guidelines for a while and, you all have taken great care of that thing and resisted the requests of many and the temptations to to complicate that stuff. And yeah. I, I think that's just great. No, I think uh, it'll, the, the guidelines will remain, uh, I think, important for those that, you know, as you say, want to really understand uh, what makes a compliance program and not be distracted. Um, uh, for times to come. Now, Roy, yep. the, the last thing I would be remiss if I didn't uh, take a take a second here to to thank you. And I know you were not you, you were not the only man at the table, man or woman at the table, uh, twenty years ago. Uh, and there were there have been a lot of people who have uh, put their shoulder uh, into this and, and done a lot of hard work over the last uh, uh, couple decades. But you've you know you've been up there. Uh, uh, to, to take the slings and arrows as the face of the organization many times, and you've done a lot uh, for this profession. And I want to uh, take this moment to at least publicly uh, congratulate you for that hard work and, and wish you the best as you move into a new role. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And you're right. A lot of people are involved. I got to be uh, kind of at the eye of the storm. Uh, it's been a, gr a great ride. I'm a bit wore out. From it, like you say, the slings and arrows. I didn't. I didn't heard cats. I heard. I herded lions, and uh, so uh, I. I know I'm gonna. When I particularly when I get done with this last phase, this last 18 months, I'm gonna look back on it and and think it was pretty cool. Right now, I just keep worrying about tomorrow and keep, keeping it going and that sort of thing. Even as a book writer and. Uh, 
So thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been, people have been far too kind, and and uh, they're, they're, like you said, you and many others have been uh, slaving away for as long and as hard, and uh, it's pretty cool. We got a lot of great people in this profession. It's one thing I didn't mention, and probably should, is uh, you can tell when you go to our conferences and see these people up close and personal and chat with them it's it's got to be one of the kindest most giving uh bunch of folks not the least of which ethical and high integrity folks that you'll find it's been an absolute joy to be involved with all this with you all no no uh, I, I think uh, i think the feeling is mutual amongst many of us and and and, uh, and thanks again roy for spending a few minutes with us today to talk about uh, the past yeah. few past, present, and future of uh, compliance. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.